Do you, EBO? My guest this morning is author, historian, Harry Crocker, who is a Catholic con- convert. He's the best-selling author with so many books. If we talked about every one of them, we wouldn't get to the book we want to talk about today called Triumph, the Power and Glory of the Catholic Church, a 2,000-year history updated and expanded. Hi, Harry. Hi, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. This 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 is a big book. <laughs> well, I hope it's not intimidating. I mean, they, they made the type... Like nice and big, so for old people like me, it's easy to read. Yeah, um, me too. But it's uh, it's a book I wrote originally uh, about twenty years ago, and it's coming out again next week. But um, the point of the book is really not to be intimidating. When I was looking at church history way back when, I mean, its, it's major flaw is that it's either really dry as dust and you know in, involves lots of very hard to follow controversies, or it you know it's kind of just apologetic in the wrong way. This book is meant to be like a rousing, affirmative history full of crusaders and conquistadors and French foreign legionnaires and and all that sort of exciting stuff. I've been telling people it's sort of like church history as written for adolescent boys. (laughs) <laughs> so they can get it, yeah. Yeah, it's lots of, you know, sword fighting and uh, and uh, and drama. And that's the thing I think is missing from a lot of church histories, is that this really is, mm-hmm. in many ways, the greatest story ever told of how this, this, this religion spread from a few converts to all over the world and made Western civilization. And it's hanging on, and that's what I, I'm Catholic, so I get it. Um, we take a lot of crap from a lot of people who don't know what they think they know. Um, because anytime you bring up God is love, God is Christian, um, but God is also, you know, somebody who you got you to gotta act right to get into heaven. You don't have to just believe because he gave us Ten Commandments for a reason. You just say, oh, just say you love me and I'll let you in. It, it, it doesn't work that way. So there, there are a lot of people who think we pray to Mary. There are a lot of misnomers about the Catholic Church. And anytime you bring up how much you love your faith as a Catholic, a lot of people will bring up the Crusades. <laughs> Every time! Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for me, the Crusades are a great, you know, glory of the Church. I mean, these are, it's a defensive war against, um, you know, it meant to protect Christians in the Holy Land. Uh, that's not how they see it. Yeah, no, but I, I, that's why, this book is more unapologetic and more, <laughs> Bare knuckled. I mean, it actually, I, I'm not afraid of people who defend the faith with a sword. Mm-hmm. And in fact, yeah. I think we, it, we've seen in history over and over again that that is necessary. It may, I mean, in our own time, the church militant, that's the church as we live it every day, we're in a, we're in a world at war. And that has always been the case. It will always be the case. And the challenge for Catholics is to be happy warriors, to maintain that Christian spirit of charity and generosity and all the rest that comes with being a, a Christian civilization, mm-hmm. but to realize that we may have to be martyrs. We may have to fight for our beliefs. You, this idea that we're going to get by in sort of a, a comfortable suburban Catholicism, which we once had, that was a great time, but we're obviously losing it. Yeah. And I think for other Americans, I mean... I think we need to realize we're on the, well, maybe your listeners do realize this, we're on the verge of losing our country. We are. And our country is not going to be saved by invoking the Constitution. The Constitution is merely a framework of government. It's not going to be saved by invoking the Declaration of Independence, because the Declaration of Independence is largely a list of complaints against the king. 
Now, the part that people like to pull out of that, they think of that as an American creed, you know, those you know, off-quoted lines about, we hold these truths to be self-evident, all men are created equal, etc. Well, those truths are only self-evident in a Christian society. Right. And the Christian society we have inherited goes all the way back to the Catholic Church <laughs> that, that propounded these two truths originally. If you go back before Christianity changed the world, you will not find those self-evident truths were held in, 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 in pagan Rome, in pagan Greece, in pagan anywhere. I mean, I, things that we take for granted, like mercy, charity, tolerance, all men are created equal, these are Christian ideas which will go away when Christianity goes away, or if Christianity goes away. Yeah. And that is why when you see things like critical race theory or feminism, what they do is they replace what should be based on love or other virtues, they replace with power. Mm-hmm. The opposite of love is not hate, it is power. And critical race theory is about who's got the power, who's up, who's down. Feminism injects power into our most intimate relationships. But this is what the left is pushing. It's a world dominated by power, which ultimately is a world without mercy, which is why the wokesters can seem so crazy, because they're not merciful. They're just they're, they're well, crazy people they, looking They don't understand history. They, just, they don't understand history, and a lot of them are godless, and there's a reason for that, and, and we know what it is. Now, I want to ask you about Pope Francis, because I don't like him. I don't think he's a good pope. I don't think he's good for the church. I think he is far too involved in politics and climate change and all those sorts of things that I, I think he should get his nose out of. I think he's the worst pope we've had in my lifetime, which, you know, we have them for a very long time. Um, but I loved Pope John Paul II. And a lot of people try to say bad things about him, and then we nearly fist fight because I'm not having it. But I'm not a fan of Pope Francis. Do you like him? No. Um, I think in the book, I actually argue he's the wrong man at the wrong time. In yeah. fact, I, I invoke a football metaphor, um, which is for like Pope Benedict, who preceded him. That you know, We all know that Pope Benedict was in bad health, and he, he, he wanted to, to retire, yeah. but he should have taken one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> he should have stayed in there and delegated more authority and taken the team and prevented this from happening by... by Living out his his his, uh, his his pontificate. I never saw pope, that coming from a German, to be honest with you. <laughs> but Pope Francis, I mean, obviously, what the world needs now is frank talk about Orthodox Catholic teaching, mm-hmm. and instead, what Francis is doing is is following a, a model which has failed over and over again. It has failed in the Catholic Church. It has failed in Protestant churches. Where you think. Let's throw open the doors. Let's throw out all that makes us distinctive, all the truth, in an effort to get people in, and then we'll convert them. And that never works. Nope. The way you convert people is by saying, here's where I stand, here's why it's true, the door is open, but if you come in, you accept these truths. Mm-hmm. I, and you know what drives me crazy? I, well, beyond the Pope, he drives me crazy. But people ask me constantly, and I, I bet I get this question at least a couple times a year, why do you guys pray to Mary? I'm like, we don't, we don't worship Mary. We ask right. the, the Blessed Mother to pray for us. We, we're right. not worshiping her, but her place in our history is, if, if I could speak to one person who's gone, it would be her. Right. We don't know. Yeah, we, a, we, I want to know her whole life. I want to know it. Yeah, no, exactly. There, there was a, a British writer 
I remember once she was asked, she was a woman, a woman writer, she was asked, what is the greatest moment in women's history? And she said, the Annunciation. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah, but that. it's so true. Yeah. 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 That's great. So, you know, there are dark periods in all churches' history because we sometimes end up with people in charge who shouldn't be, case in point, Pope Francis. Um, but your book goes through, and and I read as much of it as I could by the time I got it, by the time you were on the air. And I was fascinated with the way you did put it forth and, and write it so that we can understand that sometimes war is right. And if 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 good does nothing, evil wins. And that's kind of one of the points you tried to put across here. Yes, and the fact that we've been through a lot. I mean, in the, the some of the dark ages were really dark. If you were a pope, you know, in the latter part of nineteen or tenth century or later, early part of the eleventh century, you had a like thirty percent chance of being killed in office. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, it, there's been popes have been kidnapped. <laughs> Napoleon kidnapped the pope, held him hostage. Um, so yes, we've had scandals, we've had wars, we've had insurrections, all sorts of things. But the amazing thing is the resilience of the church. And I don't say this just as a sort of happy talk, but just as a matter of historical fact. Over and over and over again, whenever things seem to be almost at a loss, the peril is all around us, the saints, new saints come rising up, future saints come rising up and turn the tide and save the church. And I do think that, it, that in our own time, when we see these dramatic fall-offs in church attendance, religious belief, so on and so forth, that what will, what will reverse course is a local um, return of the faith. I mean, I think local, small communities, local communities, localism will radiate out. These small, devout communities are going to radiate out and, and bring things back our way. I, I, I agree with you, and I think we're seeing a bit of a... Everybody thinks their church is the best. You know, I'm getting people from different religions saying, well, my church, blah, blah, yeah. I'm happy for you, as long as you're a Christian and you love the same God and you believe in Jesus, good for you. But I'm Catholic, and this is a Catholic book, so that's what we're talking about. Deal with it. Um, you know, I'm seeing a little bit of a reawakening. Church is fuller than it was just a few years ago. Um, the Catholic schools and the, the uh, religious schools are fuller than they were a few years ago. And I think we can thank the woke crowd for that. Yeah, no, I, I, w- I wish they were obviously fuller still, but it, it, yeah, if... People say, well, the faith is in dire straits now. Well, maybe, but, you know, at the same time, in some strange way, there has never been an easier time to be Catholic. And by, what I mean by that is, look around you. If you think the world is crazy, and it obviously is, if yeah. we can't decide what a man is and a woman is, That's well, so look at the book of Genesis, yeah. right? <laughs> if, if, if you want an outline to sanity, look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And that's, to my mind, to your mind, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think if there are honest seekers out there, and especially people are going, like, what the heck is happening to America? What the heck is happening to the world? Well, you know, we have a, we have a way to find our way back, and that compass is in, in the Catholic Church. Yeah, I can't help but think of the meme where the devil is standing at the pearly gates saying, I identify as an angel, and <laughs> the angel says, sorry, we don't play that game up here. Um, you know, so there are so many different ways to look at this. The doors are open at the church. 
you are always welcome to come back. But there are rules in the church. And if you feel like your lifestyle is more important than your eternal salvation, then you do you. I'm not going to judge you. The church is not going to judge you. There's somebody else who's going to judge you. But everyone is welcome at the church. Yeah, I think this is another problem that many people have with Catholic history is they don't understand that what the Catholic Church really stands for is, well, A, truth, but B, freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to remember that slavery, I mean, sin is slavery. I mean, you, you become a, a, a slave to sin. The Catholic Church is a great liberator of people in that, in that regard, not, not only because it teaches truth, but it liberates or cures people, or it's there to help people overcome sin, which drags everyone down. And I, uh, you see, I mean, again, the, the history of the church is full of this, but it's also seen in that, you know, the Catholic Church is, is is a great balancing act too, because yes, it fights against sin, but the Catholic Church is a place of joy. You know, and we, we see this in like the the Protestant revolt, the Reformation, where in Europe is divided between sort of laissez-faire Catholicism and the, and the more puritanical strains mm-hmm. of, of Protestantism. Yeah. And one could argue that you know, some of the wokedom we're, we're facing is Protestantism without Christianity. It's this endless finger-wagging, where you know, the Catholic spirit is more like the spirit of Mardi Gras. <laughs> we, have, we have feast days and celebrations along with and the ashes and penitence. Harry, I have like one minute left, so I want to make sure everybody knows where to get your book, because there are a lot of Catholics who listen to this program. Excellent. Now, it's, uh, it's, it's avail- available all the regular mainstream bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's coming out through a secular publisher. I've done that both times. So it should be widely available. Yeah, get this anywhere. Yeah, his name is H. W. Crocker the Third on the on the book, but I can call him Harry because <laughs> I got it like that. Harry Crocker is historian and author of the book Triumph: The Power and Glory of the Catholic Church: A Two Thousand Year History. Very worth a read, and I appreciate you, Harry, for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you. Great, my pleasure. Thank you. You too. Bye bye.